On this episode of Rev Hang, Ben and I talk about the IndyCar Grand Prix of Long Beach, the Children's of Alabama Grand Prix, and the Formula One Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Let's do it. Hello everybody and welcome back to Rev Hang. I'm Nathan and alongside me virtually is my good friend and co-host Ben Bagley. How you doing Ben? Oh, pretty good. We got some really nice weather this weekend, and I got one of those robot vacuums to uh, help with housework. We did. It was very nice this weekend. Very hot. We went from winter, winter, winter to, oh, it's summer now. Uh, yeah. We skipped spring a little bit. So Yeah, now we're, we're back into spring weather. Yes, and with that comes trees, and with trees come tree pollen. So if I sound a little odd today... <laughs> Oof. Uh, having trouble breathing this week so you'll have to excuse me um but you said you got a vacuum ben tell me about your vacuum it's lidar it's better at driving around than most teslas that i've seen um it can you know go around it's made a map of my house it can go under all the couches uh it's only got stuck once when it tried to eat an ethernet cable (laughs) so i'm uh fairly impressed nice Nice. Robots are taking over the world one Ben's house at a time. Yeah, but as long as they're helping me with housework, I guess it's okay. That's fine, yeah. (laughs) As long as it serves a purpose. Yep. Alright. Well, we have quite a few races to get through today, so let's start with the accurate Grand Prix of Long Beach uh, and the IndyCar series. So we'll run through qualifying real quick. We'll give you the top 10 just to give you some context for the race. On pole position with his first pole of his career was Kyle Kirkwood. In second place was Marcus Erickson. And third was Roman Grosjean. Fourth and fifth were Alex Pelot and Scott Dixon. And then sixth through 10 were Padua Ward, Colton Herta, Joseph Newgarden, Scott McLaughlin, and Felix Rosenqvist. All right. So Kirkwood on pole the first time, pretty cool to see from him. He was uh, not a star driver last year is a nice way of putting it. So (laughs) pretty marked improvement. Yeah, and uh, Grosjean, again, pretty strong showing for him. Yep, absolutely. And Colton Herta, again, not a very strong showing for him. (laughs) I uh, I think he's going to taper. I think he's tapering off a little bit. I mean... Still a talented driver, but there's just so much competition. Yeah, everyone else is caught up. Yeah. All right, moving into the race. Award got a pretty good start getting a jump on Dixon. Uh, Dixon was not happy about how everything panned out. Um, there was a little bit of drama at the start because Award basically started going before the leader did, but it wasn't really his fault because of the way Long Beach is laid out. Uh Anyway, (laughs) uh, he came around the last corner and had to catch up to the pack for the start, but by the time he caught up to the pack, the leader had started going, and so he already had a pretty good run on Dixon, which Scott was not too happy about. Um, After turn one, Helio Castroneves went into the wall. He made it back to the pits, luckily for him, but went a lap down just barely. He almost made it out in time. Um... On lap 19, Joseph Newgarden overtook Grosjean into turn 1 to take P3. On lap 20, Award dove down the inside of Scott Dixon and sent him into the wall, uh, causing fireworks and a massive stir on the internet. <laughs> um, on lap 26, Award kind of got his, uh, his karma quickly. Uh, he spun out and went into the wall as he made an ambitious move into turn 8. Unforgiving. On this track, this wall's everywhere. Oh, yes. Very tough circuit. With 26 laps to go, Erickson passed Newgarden to take the final spot on the podium. Uh, For the remainder of the race, Grosjean Grosjean chased Kirkwood down, but was unable to make the pass in the end. So the race ended with Kirkwood, Grosjean, and Erickson as our podium. What did you think of the race excitement-wise? I thought it was pretty good. Um... I was very entertained, but at the same time, it was probably because we were two weeks with no F1, so it was just nice to see cars (laughs) on the track. Um, Yeah. That could have played a factor, but uh, I mean, it's it's the 
I mean, you were just saying this to me off camera a little bit earlier, but it's kind of the Monaco of the IndyCar calendar in terms yeah. of the status, the stature, all the flash. Uh, I do think that the track lends itself to racing better than Monaco does, but... Most tracks do, yeah. Yeah, that's not a high bar. Um, so while it is tough to overtake, it still does happen, and I do actually enjoy watching Long Beach more than Monaco. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I, Long Beach is one of my favorite tracks in any racing game. Oh, yeah, so definitely. Fun. Yeah, big challenge, um, but... Very fun, uh, very easy to to mess up and go out of the wall on some turns. I think turn five especially is one of them. Yeah, where it just it's, essentially dead yeah. ends you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. No. So it's that. Yeah. It's that. Well, it's the right. It's the right angle right turn. Yeah, it's the really it's like, hard right hander. Yeah, where it's like off camber. So if you get a little too much throttle, you're gonna spin into the wall. Yeah. Pretty. Yeah, there's there's several corners like that actually, and then the hairpin is I think one of the hardest hairpins in motorsports to get right. Yeah, but and once you end. do, and you get into a flow with it, oh, it's so good. Yeah, great track, fantastic circuit. All right, the results of the race in first place was Kyle Kirkwood, followed by Roman Grosjean and Marcus Ericsson on the podium. Fourth and fifth were Colton Herta and Alex Below. So Herta actually did have a pretty good result in the end. Finally. Yeah, 6-10 was Felix Rosenqvist, Marcus Armstrong, Joseph Newgarden, Scott McLaughlin. 11-15, Santino Ferrucci, Graham Rahal, Jack Harvey, Christian Lundgaard, and Simon Paginot. 16-20 was Devlin DeFrancesco, Pato Award, Stingray Rob, Callum Eilat, and David Malukas. 21-25 was Helio Castroneves, Alexander Rossi, Connor Daly, Benjamin Peterson and Augustine Canapino. Uh, and then our non finishers were Renus VK and Scott Dixon. So, yeah, it was a good race, I thought. Grosjean had a great comeback drive uh, after having a rough first couple of races. Um, good to see him get a solid result like that. Yeah, yeah, it was a great weekend for Andretti altogether. It was. Finally were able to, to put their star power together into finishing order. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Ericsson for Chip Ganassi was also, uh, also had a great result. He's been very consistent at the top of the field this year. Um, and honestly, with this consistency that he's showing, um, if he can keep this up and uh, do well in the 500 especially, I could see him being definitely a championship challenger hey because he did he's always last year top. yeah he won the indy 500 last year and uh i think he was also in that group of six drivers that was in the championship hunt last year in the last race but he was just a little far down for it to be realistic um but this year's i think he's starting out very well he's got one win and uh a second place and i think possibly another second place or somewhere. Uh, I don't know that. Don't quote me on that. But he's been near the top of the field for most of the races so far. Yeah. All right. Pedal Award is causing drama and fireworks in the pit lane. Um, lots of Scott Dixon fans were rather upset at the move he attempted to make in the race that sent Scott out of the race. Uh, understandably so. Um I think it was a little ambitious, but at the same time, they're racing, and I don't think it was, it definitely wasn't intentional, and it was pretty close, and Scott didn't really give him any room, even though there's debate on whether Pato deserved room or not. Um, yeah, <laughs> it's been anytime rather there's, spicy. Yeah, anytime there's debate like that, it's pretty safe to say it was, it's, a, it's a racing incident. Yeah, I mean, obviously it, it hurt one person's race more than the other, but when it comes down to it, both sides probably had equal claim to uh, whatever grievances they had. Yeah, exactly. A lot of uh, Dixon fans were calling for Award to come out and make a public apology, but then Award, in an interview, uh, openly refused to apologize, <laughs> which only created more stir. 
Um, but, uh, you know, that's racing. That's, that's a part of, of the sport. There's lots of, you know, people wanting apologies and then other people not apologizing. And it's, it's just what makes the sport so entertaining sometimes. <laughs> yeah. All right, let's move on to the Children's of Alabama Grand Prix. Uh, I'm probably going to say this that, that name wrong at some point in the video. It's, a, it's just a weird name. Children's strange. of Alabama. Yeah. <laughs> children's what? I don't know. I, I assume it's like a children's hospital. I think they were showing some stuff from uh, a St. Jude's type of place during the, during the race. They were advertising that. Um, but I don't know. Uh, but anyway, it's the Children's of Alabama Grand Prix at Barber Motorsports Park in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, this track, looking at the track map we have on here, is actually a pretty cool looking track. Um, and I would say it lends itself to racing pretty well. There's lots of overtaking opportunities. Uh, there's really two, excuse me, there's really two main ones. Uh, one into turn five, which is kind of a little bit of an open hairpin and then turn 17 if you can manage to stay around the outside of 14 15 and 16 we saw a couple of really great overtakes there too yeah yeah and there's some pretty decent elevation change i like the rolling hills aspect of it yeah i always love tracks that have major elevation changes um i was just playing uh what was i playing project cars 2 last night um, and I got put on Alton Park, which is a circuit in the UK. And oh my goodness, that track is a roller coaster. <laughs> it goes up and down and it's very short, steep hills. So you're always like losing traction on your tires. Um, I think elevation changes like that just make circuits so much more interesting. Yeah. Yeah, for uh, sure. And then, uh, but our next IndyCar race is at, uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway on the road course, which has absolutely zero elevation change. <laughs> so, um, rather co a little bit of a contrast there, but that's why we love IndyCar. Absolutely, and the IMS road course is legendary in its own right. Yeah. Anywho, in the uh, meantime, yes, qualifying for the Children's of Alabama Grand Prix. On pole position, once again, was Roman Grosjean, followed by Alex Pillow, Padua Ward, Scott McLaughlin, and Scott Dixon in fifth. Six through ten was Christian Lungard, Joseph Newgarden, Felix Rosenqvist, Renus VK, and Alexander Rossi. Eleven through fifteen was Will Power, Kyle Kirkwood, Marcus Erickson, Colton Herta, and Callum Eilat. Sixteen through twenty, Simon Pagano, David Malukas, Devlin DeFrancesco, Graham Rahal, and Connor Daly. 21 through 25, Helio Castro Neves, Augustine Canapino, Stingray Rob, Jack Harvey, and Benjamin Peterson. And then 26th and 27th were Marcus Armstrong and Santino Ferrucci. All right, going into the race, Grosjean, Award, and Polo had a great scrap on lap one for the lead of the race. They kind of just drove away from the rest of the pack in the first three corners. It was kind of funny. Um, Grosjean came out ahead after that battle with Polo in second. Um, Grosjean then pulled a gap from the other two stoppers, but McLaughlin on a free three stop quickly caught up to him. On lap 38, Stingray Rob stopped on the side of the track and caused a yellow flag. This gave an advantage to the three stoppers, and uh, Grosjean battled McLaughlin for the next few laps after the restart. But as he ran out of push to pass, McLaughlin was able to get past and drive off into the distance. Will Power quickly made his way through the field and caught up to the back of Grosjean at the end of the race. Um, but Grosjean was able to hold on for P2. So There's some really good passes during that battle between uh, Grosjean and McLaughlin. Oh, yes. Absolutely. Think, one yeah, of my favorite drivers of the day. Yeah, or, uh, lap, six, overtake of the week. lap 65, was it, when Grosjean overtook McLaughlin? Yep, that is our overtake of the week. <laughs> oh, yeah, I was hoping. That was awesome. I, uh, it was between that and the Fernando Alonso overtake on Science in the Azerbaijan Grand Prix, oh, which yeah. was also a fantastic overtake. Um, one of the few overtakes of that race. <laughs> yeah, and then Newgarden, I think, somewhere around 
lap 30-ish, 30 or 40, uh, had a really good overtake on Scott Dixon. Yes. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot of good racing today. Or not today, dang it. On the 30th. Yeah. Uh, Kyle Kirkwood also had... Was it Kyle Kirkwood? No, it was Christian Lingard. On... That was on Scott Dixon. Oh, yeah. yeah, That's yeah. What, is that what you were thinking about? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, Newgarden had a good pass, but I don't remember who he made it on. Uh, probably... I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I'm getting got better with all the names, but... Yeah, there's a lot. There's a lot of names. <laughs> and it uh, really... It did not help me at all that uh, Roman Grosjean's car was... A similar shade, at least when it's moving quickly, to Alex Pelos. Yeah. Uh, that was really, really, really throwing me off. I do, uh, I do like, I don't know if they're using that as the new livery, or if that's just a one-off. Um, I don't remember if they said or not, but, uh, Roman Groshan was in different colors this week. It was more like a greenish-blue uh, rather than the yellow and red that we're used to, like the DHL colors. Yeah. So, uh, I don't know if that's a new sponsor and if that's the new car, the new way the car looks, but uh, we will see in the coming races, I'm sure. All right. So, the results of the race. Winning was Scott McLaughlin, followed by Roman Grosjean and Will Power on the podium. Fourth and fifth were Pato Award and Alex Pillow. 6-10 was Christian Lugard, Scott Dixon, Alexander Rossi, Felix Rosenqvist, and Marcus Erickson. 11-15 was Kyle Kirkwood, Callum Eilat, Colton Herta, and Joseph Newgarden. 16-20 was Renus VK, Graham Rahal, Simon Pagano, David Malukas, and Santino Ferrucci. 21-25 was Helio Castroneves, Benjamin Peterson, Devlin DeFrancesco, Jack Harvey, and Connor Daly. And then 26 and 27 were Augustine Canapino and Stingray Rob. And Stingray Rob was the only DNF this race. He has not had a great showing so far this season. <laughs> not a great rookie year, no. I mean, he's got time to bring it back. We're only four races in, but yeah, he needs to get on that or he's not going to keep his seat. Yeah, there are plenty of other Indy Lights drivers who are wanting a seat. Absolutely, including Jamie Chadwick. But she's not doing too well in Indy Lights right now, so. <laughs> uh, yeah, there's always a chance, but. Yeah, uh, we'll I was waiting. I was really hoping. Uh, for those who don't know, Jamie Chadwick is like a three-time W Series champion. W Series used to be the uh, the basically Formula One of women's motorsports. Um. Jamie Chadwick was winning everything there, and she wanted to get into F1 or IndyCar, so she got into the IndyCar path, went to Indy Lights, and is not doing super well. <laughs> um, so, well, we'll see. Hopefully she gets better. I mean, it is her rookie season in a new series, and there's only been two races. Um, yeah, so and I'm sure the, there's such a huge difference between the Indy Lights spec car and the W Series Formula car. Absolutely, yeah. So hopefully she's able to, to pick it up and get a spot, because that'd be really cool. It would be. Yeah, cool story. All right, so for this race, Grosjean drove incredibly well. He is consistently challenging for race wins, even though he has only um, had the two good results uh, after these last two races. Um, in... St. Pete, he was a he was probably going to win that race if McLaughlin didn't take him out. And then in uh, Texas at the Oval, he he did crash. He made a mistake, but uh, it was right at the end, and he was in P five when he when he crashed. Um, and yeah. it was a pretty pretty minor mistake, but on ovals, minor mistakes lead to accidents. So, yeah. So as long as he finishes, I think he's in a, a pretty good spot to actually challenge for top spot this year. I think so too. I think I think his challenge is going to depend entirely on the Indy 500. Um, but uh, I would not be surprised if he wins one, if not several, races this year. Yeah. Um, I would actually be very surprised if he doesn't win a race this year. 
but uh, luck has not been on his side recently <laughs> in that <laughs> regard. No. No, but it's uh, cool to see some new blood in that, that championship fight. Absolutely. It's good to see Grosjean doing, doing well. I'm really happy for him. Um, McLaughlin and Power were on the right strategy during this race. Uh, the three-stop uh, on paper, the two-stop is faster. No. Where the three-stop is. I think that, no, they said the three-stop's faster on paper, but because of how cautions have shaked out in the last few races at Alabama, uh, two stops usually ended up being better, but that was not the case this week. Yeah, that Stingray Rob uh, problem really, really helped the three-stop teams. Yeah, it happened right at their pit window, so they basically yeah, the got a first stop. Yeah, perfect timing. Yeah. Um, and yeah, the three-stoppers were incredibly quick, uh, especially McLaughlin and Power. And Will Power was absolutely flying at the end. Um, yeah, yeah. I remember Scott McLaughlin in an interview after the race said that the three stop was the happy driver strategy. Uh, yeah, because he didn't have to worry about fuel saving or anything like that. He could just go for it. Yeah, that's the thing. Uh, I was so impressed with Grosjean's drive because um, the first three cars finished like twenty seconds ahead of the rest of the field. And Grosjean, on the wrong strategy, managed to finish second, only a couple seconds behind McLaughlin. Yeah, that is really impressive, actually. Yeah. So, I think if he was on the right strategy, if he managed his push to fast a little better, uh, I think he would have had a shot. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I remember hearing the radio message when he was duking out with McLaughlin and saying, just use your push to pass, uh, that we still had, you know, like, 10 laps left, seven, whatever that was. Yeah. Uh, that was maybe a little early, but yeah, it was a good shot. Yeah, definitely a great attempt. Um, championship battle is very tight at the front. We'll talk about that in a sec, uh, but only a few points between the top seven, really. Uh, the month of May, because of that, is going to be pivotal for a lot of the leaders. Um with the IMS road course, and then also, of course, the Indy 500 at the end of the month. Um, Indy 500, for people who don't know, gives out double points for the race. So if you win that, that's like 100 points. Uh, yeah. it's That's why Marcus Erickson was the championship leader for so long last year. It's because even though he didn't uh, have a great start to his season, or he had a pretty average start to his season. He won the 500, and that just shot him so far into the lead that he had it for until there were only a couple races left in the year. Um, yeah, I can really shape up, shake up the uh, the driver listings. Absolutely. So, yeah, month of May is going to be really important. With that, let's go into the standings uh, for IndyCar currently. In the lead, speaking of which, is Marcus Erickson with 130 points. Paddle Award is three points behind him with 127, and Alex Pillow is at 121. Um, Scott McLaughlin is at 119. Roma Grosjean is at 115. Joseph Newgarden is at 105. Will Power at 104. Scott Dixon at 98. Kyle Kirkwood at 92. And Colton Herta is at 85. Past that... Uh, it's uh, pretty much a smooth taper down to zero at the bottom. Um, but 11 through 15 is Callum Eilat, Christian Lugard, David Malukas, Alexander Rossi, and Felix Rosenqvist. 16 through 20 is Graham Rahal, Marcus Armstrong, Renus VK, Augustine Canapino, and Helio Castro Neves. 21 through 25 is Simon Pagino, Santino Ferrucci, Jack Harvey, Connor Daly, and Stingray Robb. 26 through 30 is Benjamin Peterson, Devlin DeFrancesco, Ed Carpenter, Takuma Sato, and Catherine Leger. Alright, that runs off IndyCar for this episode. Let's move on to the Formula 1 Azerbaijan Grand Prix. Yes. My throat is uh, on fire right now. <laughs> Do you need water? I have water, that's the sad thing. Oh. Uh, Shot okay. of whiskey do you good? <laughs> yeah, but I have to work later. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. So this is the first sprint weekend of the Formula 1 season. There are six in total. Um, 
first one is here at Azerbaijan. So we'll start with the sprint shootout, the new sprint race qualifying. Uh, we'll talk about our feelings on the sprint race after <laughs> after the sprint. But um, all right, so sprint shootout qualifying. Uh, top ten was Charles Leclerc, Sergio Perez, Max Verstappen, George Russell, Carlos Sainz, Lewis Hamilton, Alex Albon, Fernando Alonso, Lance Stroll, and Lando Norris. Uh, okay, moving into the sprint. Verstappen had a poor start that allowed Russell to challenge and take P3 after contact into lap two. Verstappen quickly re-overtook Russell. Um, by the end of the lap, Sonoda hit the wall at the end of lap one, causing a safety car. Both Red Bulls quickly overtook Leclerc after the restart, and that was pretty much everything that happened in the sprint. <laughs> I Yeah, I didn't like that. No. <laughs> um, no. Real quick, let's go through the finishing order, and then we can talk about it. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'll be patient, then. It's okay. Uh, so Perez ended up winning. Actually, both Red Bulls did not overtake Leclerc. I misspoke. Uh, Verstappen was unable to catch and pass Leclerc um, because of reasons we'll talk about. But first three were Perez, Leclerc, and Verstappen. Fourth and fifth were Russell and Sainz. Six through ten was Fernando Alonso, Lewis Hamilton, Lance Stroll, Alex Albon, and Oscar Piastri. Eleven through fifteen were Magnussen, Joe, Gasly, DeVries, and Hulkenberg. Sixteen through eighteen, rounding off the finishers, were Bottas, Norris, and Ocon. And then Yuki Sonata had the DNF, and Logan Sargent was unable to start the race because he had to rebuild his car after crashing and qualifying. All right. Okay, now can I talk about? Yes. How much we hate Sprint? Yeah, I don't like Sprint. I know um, it's a pretty popular opinion, and I'm not like being controversial or entertaining by saying that, but like, yeah, I don't like it. Yeah, I, uh, I, 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 I was excited at the idea because they announced right before the weekend that they were changing the Sprint regulations and laid out the format for everybody. Uh, I was excited for it because it was something different and new. Um, didn't really like the last sprint format. Uh, but after watching it and how everything played out, I definitely don't like the sprint format either. <laughs> I actually like this less than the previous sprint format, I think. I am in agreement with you there because... Saturday is its own sprint race. Everything is completely separate from the Grand Prix. It doesn't matter at all. Uh, and it was such a short race that it just kind of felt like all it did was take away from the, the build-up to the regular Grand Prix. Because, um, of course, qualifying for the regular Grand Prix was on Friday, and so there was kind of a day in between. It was just so weird. Yeah, and it, it takes away from you know practice and other times for drivers to get acquainted with the track it yeah like you don't know if they're going as hard as they can because they don't want to destroy their cars before the actual race where they get way more points right and since it doesn't matter it's like yeah because it doesn't affect qualifying because there's separate qualifying for the race It, it was just i don't know i don't like the format I th- it's going to be like this for the rest of the season, but uh, I hope they change something again over the course of the off season. Yeah, yeah, I know it. I always feel like more racing is better, but we have 24 races this season. That is at the risk of sounding like obtuse. That is plenty of racing. I don't think that's, we need to have two lot. races per weekend in addition to the 24. Yeah, 24 is a lot of races. Um, With this new format, there's more opportunity for people to mess up and crash the car, like Logan Sargent did in the sprint qualifying. Uh, So, you know, that comes out of the cost cap budget, and so adding all of this extra opportunity for cars to crash, that it's just taking away from people's budgets, which is taking away from car development, which in the end is causing these... Uh, these performance gaps. 
So overall, I just think it's not great to have the sprint races. <laughs> As a challenge, can we think of one good thing each about sprint racing? I'm kind of curious. Um, uh, I mean, they're entertaining, I guess. It is it is more racing, but in terms of the integrity of the sport, it just doesn't make sense to me, and so it just kind of leaves a, t- a bitter taste in my mouth, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was eight extra points for Sergio Perez. Yes, true. And some extra but, points for Leclerc. Um, the problem with but, that is, like, these are points that only the top eight get, and so it's like... It's just creating more of a gap to the midfield from yeah. the top cars. But, I mean, that's with the way the Red Bull's driving right now. That's not that's going to happen anyway. So, Yeah. I don't have a good solution to what they should do instead, but it's definitely not that. Yeah. I uh, hope they figure something out, but we'll see. Uh, after the sprint, Verstappen went over and had a chat with George Russell about about uh, Russell's ambitious move into turn two on the first lap. Um, He made contact with Verstappen and ripped a massive hole into Verstappen's side pod, which probably is the reason why he was not able to catch Leclerc. Um, So Verstappen confronted George about that. Not sure how I feel about that. I feel like it's just like, (laughs) I don't know. You just yeah. gotta, it's, it's racing. He's done that to, Verstappen's done that to so many people that I don't think he has any room to speak. Yeah, it's not going to prevent him from winning a championship again. No, not at all. It was, he, he lost one point in a sprint race because of it. Yeah, plus, you know, George Russell is so good at taking criticism from other drivers and uh, rubbing his racing incidents. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh,. If you're referring to the Bottas thing in Emola. The Bottas uh, incident, yeah. Yeah, he did not handle that one well, but I do I do <laughs> think he handled this one very well. He just walked away. <laughs> yep. So, um, I guess marked improvement from George there. <laughs> yeah. But, alright, let's go through the qualifying order for the actual Grand Prix. Yeah. Let's talk about the actual race. <laughs> On pole position was Charles Leclerc, followed by Max Verstappen, Sergio Perez, Carlos Sainz, and Lewis Hamilton in fifth. Six through ten was Alonso, Norris, Sunoda, Stroll, and Piastri. Eleven through fifteen was Russell, Ocon, Albon, Bottas, and Sargent. Sixteen through twenty was Joe, Hulkenberg, Magnussen, Gasly, and DeVries. Logan Sargent with his first Q2 appearance this week. All right. Verstappen got a good start and passed Perez into turn two at the beginning of the race. On lap three, Verstappen was able to pass Leclerc into turn one, and on lap five, Perez was able to pass Leclerc into turn one. The Red Bulls drove off into the sunset over the next few laps. On lap ten, Nick DeVries went into the wall, causing a safety car. Because of the timing of the safety car, Perez got a free pit stop and Verstappen did not. Perez had the lead on the restart as Max was in third place. Alonso made an opportunistic move on signs to take P4 into turn 4. Max quickly passed Leclerc and then both Red Bulls pulled a massive gap once again. A DRS chain formed behind Ocon and Hulkenberg as they went on very long pit strategies. This caused a massive gap between the leaders and the midfield. And that was pretty much the exciting bits of the race. Summed up. Yep. And then we'll talk yeah. about a pit lane incident uh, a little later at the end of the race. But um, for now, the results were Sergio Perez, Max Verstappen, and Charles Leclerc on the podium, followed by Alonso and Sainz. 6-10 was Hamilton, Stroll, Russell, Norris, and Tsunoda. 11-15 was Piastri, Albon, Magnussen, Gasly, and Ocon. And then 16 through 18, rounding out the finishers were Sergeant Hulkenberg and Batas. And then our two DNFs were Joe and DeVries. Yeah, so. I genuinely don't remember a whole lot from that race. I watched the entire thing through, I know. But, yeah. like, I don't know. It feels like I just didn't watch it. I am in the same boat. I, uh, 
it was two days ago, and I can barely remember anything that happened, but not much did happen if I do remember anything. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, yeah, that's the show, guys. Uh, see you next week, I guess. <laughs> Almost. Um, <laughs> really, uh, the only talking points we have here is Perez is still the king of the street circuits. He is also the first time, two-time winner at Baku, the only person to win twice. Um, Red Bull is just absolutely in their own league this year. Um, no one's going to challenge them at all. I can't see it happening. Um, yeah. With that being said, Ferrari did have a promising weekend. Uh, they actually had a smooth weekend with no mistakes. Um, and with that, Leclerc ended up on the podium his first of the year, I believe. Um, yes. And a non-DNF, which is definitely good for him. Uh, Mercedes did not ha- had updates that didn't seem to help much at this track, but Mercedes has always been slow in a straight line with these new regulations, so that's not much of a surprise. Um, with Baku being very much a circuit where you need straight line speed. Yeah, Russell has shown some promise earlier in the race, um, but eventually the other drivers that were faster just caught up. It wasn't necessarily a matter of him being... Uh, or making any real mistakes. It's just he's not in the fast car this weekend. Yeah. Uh, the McLaren updates have seemed to help quite a bit. Um, they uh, they were definitely at the pointy end of the midfield, I would say, this this, this time around. Yeah, I'm really liking uh, seeing Aston Martin kind of push up into the, the top of the field and expanding the top field slash top midfield absolutely at least with the competitive cars like it was always red bull mercedes and ferrari and as like the top three really competitive cars but now we have four i would say it's uh those three including aston um but you could also group red bull into their own league and then put the other three (laughs) yeah yeah i guess that's a good point a super class if you will yeah double s tier um but only other thing we have to talk about is the Akon pit stop fiasco huh. um so all of the red bull mechanics and uh several reporters ran into the pit lane um to at the end of the race on the final lap um Akon had not made a pit stop at that point and so he was required by the rules to make a pit stop to change tires at least once or else he would be disqualified okay we gotta wrap this up (laughs) Um, (laughs) he was required to make a pit stop at least once to uh, fulfill the tire requirement so he did but all the reporters were in the pit lane uh, had to run out of the way it was a whole mess I I can get the rest of this okay Thanks, man. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, Akon almost got some extra points for uh, running over a bunch of the paparazzi, uh, which was entertaining, but also kind of a bit scary. So hopefully the FIA comes out with some kind of rules to prevent people from rushing the track before the race is over. Um, and hopefully Alcon doesn't have to make any last-minute pit stops just to stay in the race. But... That being said, it didn't really change the standings a whole lot with them having to do that. So in first place uh, in the championship for drivers, we have Max Verstappen with 93 points, followed by his teammate Perez with 87. Uh, It's pretty cool to see them so close together, even four races in. Uh, Fernando Alonso is following up in third place with 60 points. Lewis Hamilton comes after him with 48 then we have the Ferraris of Sainz and Leclerc with 34 and 28 points, respectively. And then in 7th, we have George Russell with 28 points, Lance Stroll 27, Lando Norris in ninth with 10, and Nico Hulkenberg rounding it out in the Haas with 6. Uh, after that, we have Piastri, Bottas, Alcon, Gasly. We have Guan Yu in 15th place, followed by Sunoda, Albon, Magnussen, Sargent, and Debris. Sergeant and Debris both have not scored points yet this season, but hopefully they do. Uh, in Absolutely. terms of constructors, 
Uh, we have Red Bull, obviously, just walking away with it. They're almost 100 points clear of Aston Martin with 180 points. Aston Martin has 87. Mercedes is falling closely behind, 76, followed by Ferrari with 62, McLaren with 14, Alpine with 8, Haas with 7, beating out Alfa Romeo, Alpatari, and Williams, uh, which have 6, 2, and 1 points, respectively. Uh, Nathan, it says here in Paddock News that Fernando Alonso may or may not be dating Taylor Swift. Yes. Uh, sort of Paddock News, um, but... If you didn't catch on, uh, they were making Taylor Swift puns whenever they talked about Alonso the entire weekend. Uh, it was leaked that possibly it was leaked by some random Spanish newspaper that uh, or magazine. I don't know which one, but it's possible that Fernando Alonso may be dating Taylor Swift. He did not de- deny these rumors openly. And as far as I'm aware, Taylor Swift has also not denied anything. But they have also not confirmed anything. So they remain rumors, but I think that would be really funny. That would be hilarious. I do not think it's the case, but it would be funny. It would uh, be if funny. anything, then to see my girlfriend's reaction. <laughs> yeah. So for everybody, uh, Ben is going to take over the kind of lead for the rest of this episode because my throat is not doing okay right now. <laughs> he's having a bad time. Uh, he's having a certified Oregon Spring moment. Yep. So Valley, he rejoin go. us uh, for the uh, for the tail end of the episode. Yep. So picking up, we have the pit stop championship. Uh, in first place, much like the actual constructors, we have Red Bull with Perez with a fastest time of two point three seconds. Absolutely screaming. Uh, and that gives him the full twenty five points. After that, we have Lando Norris with a two point three five. So just splitting hairs there. We have Leclerc with a 2.49, followed by Tsunoda with a 2.55, and then Gasly for Alpine in a fifth place with a 2.56 second pit stop. Really close to Tsunoda. Uh, after that, we have the Alfa Romeo Bottas. We have Hamilton, Ocon, Russell, and Sargent in 10th, the highest he's placed even in a made-up bracket all season. Followed by Verstappen, who had a surprisingly slow pit stop of 2.92 seconds for 12th place. Wow. And then we have oh, it's, a Ferrari. Yeah. That's positions oh. are messed up. I forgot to update that. Oh, well. Oh. That's fine. Close enough. <laughs> uh, we'll roll with it. And then we have uh, Sainz with 2.96. Uh, Piastri with a 3.02. Albon with a 3.05. Stroll with a 3.57, really getting up there. And now we're into the four-second range with Zoe, Alonzo, both not breaking that four-second barrier. We have Hulkenberg with a six-and-a-half-second pit stop and Magnussen with a whopping 13.2-second pit stop. Moving on to the standings for the pit stop championship. In first place, we have Perez with 75 points. Uh, followed by Leclerc with 65. Ocon is in third place with 40. That's the highest he'll be all season, I suspect. We have Science with 38 points. Verstappen with 24. Tsunoda with 24. They're tied. Russell with 22. Gasly with 20, who is tied with Norris for eighth place. And then we have Hamilton and the Mercedes with 18 points for 10th place in the standings. Uh, overall team points for the Pit Stop Championship, we have Ferrari with 103. Really came up behind and did not expect that. Followed by Red Bull with 99. We have Alpine in third with 60. Mercedes with 40. AlphaTauri is 34. McLaren follows them up with 21. Alfa Romeo is right on their heels with 18. Followed by Williams with 14, Aston Martin has 11, and Haas has a measly 4 points in the Pit Stop Championship. Moving on to the overtake of the week. Uh, It was not coming from F1, as you probably could have guessed, although Alonso did have a pretty cheeky one on signs during the Azerbaijan Grand Prix. This one came from the Alabama Grand Prix, the Children's of Alabama Grand Prix, in fact, on lap 64, where Grosjean absolutely mashed that push to pass button and overtook McLaughlin to take the lead of the race. It wouldn't last forever, but it was a great move still. 
All right, and now we're on to the predictions bracket, where we are always wrong, although sometimes we were less wrong than each other. And that is true for the Long Beach Grand Prix, where the pole position was Kirkwood, and I put Newgarden. Nathan, are you in I, a uh, state where you can express I, your... I can do these, yeah. <laughs> uh, I had I had Grosjean for this one. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, none of us is good there, but Kirkwood, good job. And on the podium, Kirkwood was able to put it together, uh, along with Grosjean and Ericsson, for a pretty solid uh, top three. However, I did not get any of those right. I had Power, Herda, and Rossi. I had Dixon, O'Ward, and Ericsson. Ericsson was the only one I got right. Yep, nailed it there. And the winning number of pit stops was two. I doubled that to four. And I said three. Better luck next time. Um, and we did actually have better luck next time for the Alabama Grand Prix. A little bit, yeah. <laughs> Just barely. Grosjean took the pole position, whereas I put Dixon. And I said McLaughlin. And then Grosjean was able to put that into a second place finish behind McLaughlin with Power following him on the actual podium. Um, I was able to get Power on the podium. That's a really weird sentence. Um, but <laughs> I managed to put Pelot in a ward, uh, bracketing him. That did they not finished, happen. They finished fourth and fifth, by the way. I was close, but, you know, horseshoes and hand grenades. Yep. Uh, I had my glass on Grosjean and Rossi on the podium, so I got two of the three. Really close, yeah. And then the winning number of pit stops. Again, I overshot it by two. It was three. Uh, it was what McLaughlin took, and I put five. Yep, I put four. Uh, we're going to be wrong on pit stop strategies all year, I'm sure. <laughs> we'll get better, I'm sure. We have to. Maybe. We'll see. All right, but... Moving on to our F1 race predictions, which were <laughs> even more wrong. Uh, I don't know if we've ever five. had an all-red week. Like, every single thing is wrong. Really bad, yeah. Uh, the top five was Perez, Verstappen, Leclerc, Alonso, and Sainz. Um, I'll go first just to give you a little break if you want to drink some water really quick. Uh, I had Verstappen, Perez, Alonso, Hamilton, and Stroll with... Albon as my dark horse. Um, I so had. I did... Oh, go, go ahead. Okay, I was gonna say I had Alonso, Hamilton, Stro Stroll, Russell, and Gasly with Hulkenberg as my dark horse. I was optimistic predicting a double Red Bull DNF <laughs> and uh, Ferrari not being competitive, but neither of those things happened. Oh well, maybe next time. Maybe. Uh, fastest lap was given to Russell. I had Verstappen marked down for that. I had Pierre Gasly, who had the worst weekend. <laughs> just, yeah, just terrible. In my defense, Verstappen did have the fastest lap until Russell pitted on the last lap for softs, just to get that little extra point. And then yep. driver of the day was Perez, which I think was very well earned. Yeah. Uh, I put Albon, though. And I said Alonso. Alonso, I could see him being in the mix for that too, though. Yeah, me too. He had a good race. Yeah. Alrighty. Speaking of not very good races, uh, the Miami Grand Prix is coming up. And we have predictions for it. Um, so let's just get right into it. So I'm being a little boring with Verstappen as my first place pick, but... I would like to see Russell get second. I think that would be pretty cool. Followed by Perez, because there's no way the Red Bull car, based on speed alone, could get anything less than a podium at this point, I think. Uh, I have Science in fourth, and I have Alonso in fifth. This is predicting a Leclerc DNF. And my dark horse is Sergeant. He'll gather up all of his Florida Man energy, and it will rain alligators onto the track. Uh, because he is from Florida, this will not phase him, and he will place very well. Nice. I had Perez winning because he's the king of the street circuits, and Miami's another one, although it is kind of a half-and-half half street circuit and dedicated circuit. It's a parking um, lot circuit. It's a parking lot circuit, but not like the bad one in Las Vegas in the 80s. Um, <laughs> although it could be argued that this circuit is also bad, but uh, that's beside the point. 
Uh, I have Verstappen in second with Alonso rounding off the podium, Leclerc in fourth, and Sainz in fifth. I think uh, going back to a non-Baku circuit where straight line speed isn't quite as important, I think that Aston Martin will be really quick again. And then I have Lando Norris as my dark horse because he's Lando and the McLaren's actually a little better now. Makes sense. All right. For fastest lap, I've put Russell. And I said Verstappen. All right. Both pretty solid choices. And for driver of the day, I have Sargent on my list again. And I have Alonso once again. <laughs> yeah. Alonso probably has a little better shot at it, but, it's, you know, it's worth an attempt. Yep. All, All right, right, Ben, give me your words of wisdom for this week. Oh, man. Mine so is just much. one word. It's uh, Zyrtec is my word of wisdom. Zyrtec? Might need something a little more heavy-duty than that if uh, your cough is anything to go by. Yeah, I might need to go get some Benadryl or something. Benadryl or Flonase? I love Flonase. Flonase is good, um, yeah. Hmm. Let's see. I know. Always make sure you have a good medicine cabinet. It's, <laughs> it sucks to be sick and have to go out and get the medicine that you need, so it's always nice to, you know... I'm not saying hoard drugs, but, <laughs> you know, if you're out and you see, like, Benadryl on sale or something like that, even if you don't need it now, you'll probably need it at some other point. Um, same goes for, like, Tylenol. It's just it's good to have just some basic uh, over-the-counter medicines in your cabinet up high where children can't reach them uh, just in case you have a down day all right thanks ben let's see if i can get through this outro <laughs> you got this all right thank you everybody so much for listening to this episode of rev hang if you enjoyed it leave a like or rating on the platform you listened on it really helps us out if you want to see updated standings for indycar and f1 or a calendar of upcoming races from all sorts of different series Check out our website, RevHang.com. If you have a question about racing or even about us, hit us up on Twitter using hashtag RevHangPodcast, and we may feature your question on the next show. You can also follow Ben on Instagram at BenjiMeetsWorld and myself at 2N underscore squared. We'll be back in a week to talk about the Formula One Miami Grand Prix, but until then, I have been Nathan. And I've been Ben. Thanks for hanging out. Stay healthy.